0: Welcome to Divorce Etc., hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. So today we're so excited to have back Andrea Vaca, collaborative attorney and mediator based here in New York City. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us again.
1: Thanks, Jessica. Good to be here.
2: Hi, Andrea. Good to see you. And TH. You too. So today we're going to be talking about the all important
0: prenup and postnuptial agreements, which um, I actually never even asked TH. I did not have either of those things with either of my marriages. Um, ended up, thank God, working out okay anyway. But obviously, nowadays, like, you know, a a hugely important issue uh, when going through any kind of marriage. And I actually want to little turn this conversation around a little bit, the opposite way to start since the ex-experts community is mostly people were on their way out of a marriage, and not necessarily getting started in there. So I kind of want to start with the post nups because, well, first, I'd like you to explain exactly what that is. And then my question, my first question is going to be, if you haven't actually spoken to your spouse about getting divorced, might that be a good time to consider a post if you have this agenda? So that's kind of where I want to go with it to start. So can you tell us initially, like, what is the post Because a lot of people probably haven't heard of that.
1: Sure. So um, a post-nuptial agreement is an agreement that is signed during the marriage. It's, it's a marital agreement. That you and your spouse will sign because you've reached ter- an agreement on new terms for your ongoing marriage, or what would it should happen if it should end, or if there were if, if if one of you should die. So one every marriage ends one of those ways, divorce or death. So a postnup is something that many couples do consider when something has changed in the marriage, something whether around finances or dynamics or there's been an inheritance or a betrayal or something that's happened that's made one spouse feel a little more insecure. And it's a trigger for a post agreement, which then you don't, you know, you're not negotiating a separation agreement at that point.
2: How on Do earth, you have people- wait, I have to interrupt, sorry. sorry. How on earth, if you're in what you think is a happy marriage and then your spouse comes and says, I'm about to hit it big. And I want us to sign a post-nuptial agreement. <laughs> and it's gonna say that you're either getting this much or nothing. Will you sign it? Well,
1: <laughs> well <laughs> how does that work? So for this so how I'll answer that question. And how that works is say somebody's grandmother just passed away and they're going to inherit a million dollars. And the marriage has been relatively happy but they've had their ups and downs. It's been a long marriage. You know, things are good. And at the same time, they say, you know what, I want to take this million dollars. I think we will be much happier if we can get that house we've always wanted. I'm going to take that money and put it into a new home for us and help our family have the space and the, the, the all the things that we need. But what if the marriage ends? I'm going to need some security before I just Put your name on that house sweetheart so would you agree that should the marriage end i get back that million dollars because i put it in i get it back but we'll still have the beautiful house to live in so it's a conversation in that situation where i want to help our marriage but i need to be smart too just in case so that's one way another way that it comes up is when there's been some type of betrayal and typically it's been the female in all the times I've seen this it's been my female clients in a in a heterosexual relationship where their spouse has done something really stupid like well became addicted to gambling and spent money without telling their wife Um, like threw it away on the gambling table or became addicted to something whether gambling or, or, or alcohol or something and just made really dumb financial decisions or didn't pay taxes for several years. <laughs> and Now the IRS is saying you owe us a hundred, $300,000. Well, those, in my case, the women who have had this happen to them say, you know what, I'm willing to give him another chance. He's going to therapy. He's going to AA. He's going to Jet Gamblers Anonymous, whatever it is. I can see he, he's so sorry. And at the same time, I need an agreement because I'm not sure if it's going to work out. So if the marriage continues, you're going to pay that debt. I'm going to get ABC because I'm putting up with DEF, you know, in the marriage. So that's how you have the conversation. Like something's happened and it could be good or bad, but it's a trigger for, we need to talk, you know, we need a new arrangement here.
0: So that's what makes me wonder what I was saying, my back to kind of my first question, which is you're in this relationship, you feel like you see the writing on the wall and it's not going to work out and you didn't end up signing a prenup. And so do you have clients coming to you that are wanting to get a post-nup because they're kind of like, I want to get a post-nup and then I want to ask them for divorce.
1: I've seen that happen and it's not how it should happen it you really when you come to a postnuptial agreement you are saying i'm not we're not getting divorced we are staying married it's you shouldn't be this isn't a divorce planning tool not to say it doesn't happen and i have seen it happen and it's and i have told my client i don't think you should sign this i think this is a divorce, a divorce planning <laughs> tool <laughs> for your wife um but they've done it anyway and a year later we get the you know we get notice that they want the divorce and it it feels really bad and it It's, you know, but that's what, you know, and so in that situation, you wanna make sure that, you know, listen to your lawyer, right? Listen to, we have experience with this. We know, we can see the writing on the wall. When there's no trigger, nothing has happened to lead to the postnup, you know that's what that is. You know they're planning to get divorced. Mm -hmm. So postnups usually, because, you know, if something has happened, then it makes sense. If nothing has happened in one, Perhaps a, a very high wage-earning wife in the situation. I'm, I'm speaking in in these, you know, male-female relationships because this is when I've this is the close-ups I've been dealing with lately. But a high-earning wife, maybe making three, four million dollars a year, and a relatively lower-earning husband making four or five hundred thousand a year, right? Both making good incomes, but the wife feels like she's put so much into this marriage, she's taking care of the kids, she's, she's scared. She feels, still feels really financially insecure that she might have to give half of it over <laughs> later. Right. And two times now I've seen those types of wives need, want prenuptial agreements and they both were for divorce planning purposes in the end.
2: Mm, I think it's a hard conversation. I think it's probably an easier conversation before you get married. Is it like a trendy new thing to get a post-nuptial agreement or is that something that's been around for a while?
1: post been around for a while. More people are asking about them because they're aware that they can do something, that they don't have to live with insecurity while they're giving the marriage more time. They're giving the marriage to get back on its feet or go to therapy, whatever. They, they can find their financial security and still stay married. So more, just more people know about it. You know, I, I had, and sometimes people come to me and they don't know what a postnup is. They think they want a divorce, and we talk, and I say, it sounds like you'd rather stay married. It's not that bad. You know, he did something stupid, okay, but maybe you want to stay married. Maybe because you need to stay on his insurance. You have grandkids together. You have a relatively good life. Maybe you want to give it a little more time. Let's talk about a postnuptial agreement. And and they're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. So, you know, the attorneys are educating more people about it as well. You don't have to end your marriage. Are
2: these agreements primarily just financial or is it asset distribution? Like, if you have, you know, jewelry and whatever that was gifted to you during your marriage, you don't want to argue about it if the marriage should dissolve. Like, is that also to protect those types of things?
1: Sure, we'll, we'll talk about whatever assets are important to you, it, whatever is triggering something. It's usually very emotional, right? I feel really like my family gave us so much of something, <laughs> Our, or my family helped us buy this home, and if, you, if we end, I want to make sure I get this money back to give to my parents. Even though it was a gift, I'm going to feel better if I can give that money back to them. Or I need that. I want to make sure all the jewelry stays with me. Whatever it is, that's important. Sometimes people come to. Sometimes it's about debt. You know, like I said, you're going to keep the debt. (laughs) If we incur a home home equity line of credit to pay off that gambling debt, you're keeping that at the end of the marriage, not me. You know, I didn't do anything wrong here. So let's agree, you get the debt. Um, And sometimes it's about how are we going to live our life in the marriage. How are we going to? Sometimes it's in the blended family. This comes up with stepchildren, adult children, causing stress to the to the marital relationship. And sometimes the couple will come to an agreement on how we're going to deal with these difficult finan- uh, family relationships that we have and come to new agreements in our marriage. And then should it end, this is what will happen financially. I
2: think that's really important i mean it's they're all important but i didn't even think about like a blended family and starting again and the kids and you know it it can be very complicated i i guess it would be more comforting to know that you have had those conversations and you've worked it out and it's the being transparent and then you're either in or you're out you know at least you're going in with your eyes wide open and and you know you know, speaking your mind of what's important to you as opposed to keeping it inside and then kind of hoping that it'll like go to the right instead of to the left or, you know. On
0: that note, I wonder then it like shifting out the conversation a bit over to sort of the prenup because people listening here are either currently going through divorce or have been divorced, maybe optimistic about the future, maybe are still open to the idea of getting married again. Um, I wonder if you feel like there's a higher percentage of people getting prenups, if they've already been married before, or if it doesn't make a difference, if it's sort of the same stats and kind of, you know, what are the first things that people should think about if they are considering getting married or remarried and think that they might want a prenup?
1: Well, yes. (laughs) To the first question, more people who are getting, (laughs) <laughs> uh, people who are getting married for the second or third time, you know, they're, they're getting remarried. I recommend to everybody getting married who, who has children from a prior marriage to have a prenuptial agreement in their new marriage. It's like a not like, no-brainer. You do need that because you want to make, maybe you have obligations to your children. You're going to be paying for college. You're going to be supporting them. You're going to be having to pay for whatever it is. You want an agreement with your new spouse, like where's that money coming from? (laughs) Is it coming from my paycheck that's now marital money in my new marriage? Or is it coming from my, do I have to sell something to be able to pay those obligations? Like this is very complicated and can bring bring a lot of stress to a new marriage if you don't talk about it. So even just talking about a prenup for a, a, a second, third marriage, whatever it may be, is really helpful for the relationship. I am seeing First time marriages, of course, more and more people are talking about prenups, people who you would think, why do they need a prenup? They don't have much yet. Well, that's why they don't want their parents divorced. They don't want to be fighting later. They want to have this conversation. Now, get it out there, make an agreement and they know the deal. Then they can just go on and have their marriage. And so they're just getting smart. I think, you know, kids have been traumatized who have been through their parents' divorce and they don't want that, you know?
0: What if if neither person has anything, what's going into a prenup?
1: Well, at the moment they might not have anything, but they might agree that you know we will we will definitely share our retirement accounts, but we will have our incomes that we get from our uh jobs will go into our own accounts and only what we put into a joint account will be marital. Everything else we get to keep. I mean, there's so many ways that you can do a prenup, but it's just more of an understanding, or maybe one is going to get, you know, they're, they're a vice president, but they expect to be a managing director someday. You know, they just know they're on a track, you know? right um, So it, it, it really, a lot of younger people, I'm talking 30, 40s, they're just more forward-looking. They're just, you know, just more aware of what can happen if the marriage ends. So they're getting smarter about it.
2: I think in, in talking about, you know, you don't want your parents' divorce, I feel like most younger people or first-time marriages are not afraid to have these conversations it, it did come up during my marriage um a post A post a post yeah and it was not good <laughs> it was it just wasn't really? and yeah i mean can you imagine that um, but, but, but honestly, if it were the other way around, I would almost, you know, be, like, be a little, you know, offended. But um, I just feel like from all the stuff that we're reading and we're hearing about, you know, generally people are waiting longer to get married, waiting longer to have kids. They each have a career or building a career of their own. Um, There's certainly plenty of situations where the father stays home or the mother stays home, but more likely they both have a job and they're balancing hours right. and family time. So the whole dynamic is so different now um, that I think that back when we got married, Jess, like these conversations, I would be very uncomfortable having those conversations, even though, of course, we would have it anyway. But now I kind of feel like, all right, you know, we should talk about this and that and the other thing. But that's, that's what you do now. You know, you're getting covered better.
0: Darren did bring up a prenup at one point before we got married. And I, I, first of all, I was 23. I had just graduated college the year before. Like we got engaged the summer after I graduated college. Darren is a couple years older than me. Neither of us had anything. And our you know, whatever our parents had was sort of irrelevant at the at, the, at that time. And, and Darren brought up a prenup agreement and I had told my mother and my mother was like, what a schmuck. Neither of you guys had a dime to your name. You know, I was in graduate school. Like she's like, a prenup for what? It was just very funny. But I do think that, that to, to, to TH's point, 25 years ago, that probably was more of the mentality. Prenup for what? As opposed to the, foresight that you're saying now like okay you may not have anything or you may not have much but you anticipate this later and let's have that discussion now which actually ties in really nicely I guess to what your overall um, focus is in terms of collaborative divorce thinking about the long game and being able to have those tough crucial conversations now to avoid all of that pain later
1: it's true, and the way you negotiate your prenuptial agreement or postnuptial agreement makes all the difference, more so, not more so, as much as a divorce, because you're starting a relationship, or you're trying to maintain a, a marriage, but it, let's get back to, with the prenup. If you go to a more traditional divorce attorney, they're going to say, let me draft a prenup for you. What do you want? Tell me everything you want. I'll write it down. And, uh, and you should want this, this, this and this as well. And then I'll send it and then you give it to your your fiance and have them look at it with their lawyer. And it's like you've, you've been shot in the heart. You know, when you're when your fiance hands this to you, this contract that mm. you have no idea what you what it is. Mm. That's the worst, do not do not do that. Anybody listening to this conversation, please don't go to that lawyer. Go to a lawyer who is going to say, okay, these are the things you've told me are important to you. I want you to also think about all these other things that you had never thought about, but will come up. And then here's a list of issues, you should go back and talk to your fiance. Tell them you want this, tell them what, what's important to you, find out what their thoughts are about all these things, and then come back to me and tell me what, what the response was. Then we'll figure out if we have to have a conversation with their attorney and all four of us will sit down, or if you seem really on the same page, then I'll draft an agreement or a term sheet for you to look at and for him or her to look at again um, with more of a legal, you know, bent to it um, so that they can review with their lawyer. You know, that, that, then they're, you're encouraging a conversation. I call it conscious coupling. And because you really want to think about what you're doing, why you're doing it, why it's important to you so that you're both feeling secure. A prenup is not for one side, it's for both of you, right? You get one thing, I'm going to get one and not something else. So it has to be negotiated. Um, Yeah. So, so that's how I, I like to negotiate them. It's interesting. I have a
0: girlfriend who is getting married for the second time and is currently negotiating a prenup, which they've been negotiating for a little while. Um, and it's, it is bringing up a lot of emotions because for her as someone who doesn't necessarily have a high income paying job and for her soon to be husband who is an extremely high earner, it's almost like, this is what you're worth if this marriage doesn't work out. And I think that she's having a lot of trouble sort of separating herself from that belief and that mindset, because that's, What it's sort of coming out to sound like and to feel like for her,
1: and that might be where he's coming from. You know, she might be marrying somebody who sees marriage that way. You know, and wants to find a worth to her. I don't know. I mean, or or their attorney is encouraging this. It doesn't have to be that way. Like, what? If he is he listening to her? Is he listening to what is important to her, which she needs out of this marriage to feel secure? It's not just about him. Otherwise, why get married? So, that is, that there, in, are,
2: there is so much information you just gave us, but you hit the nail on the head. It's about both people. When it came up during my marriage, it was all about me. I win, you lose. That's how it's going down. And the way you're presenting it and the way that, that really the word needs to get out there is this is a conversation that we should have and just like there are things that are important to you that i bring to this relationship there are important things you know on both sides that everybody's bringing here so let's not you know put your head in the sand like our parents did and pretend everything's fine like our parents did and let's let's deal with it now so we have a better life like it's a whole perspective thing you can look at it in a completely different way but the way that you're presenting it is in such a positive, collaborative this is right. a great way for us to build uh, you know an open foundation for our marriage so we can just make it stronger. I mean I just that, that's it that's it. All right and truthfully, if you're going to charge.
0: <laughs> and you really have to be able to have that kind of relationship with someone. Obviously, if you're getting married to them, where you can have difficult conversations. They may not always end up exactly the way that you want. But I mean, to both of your points, it's like, okay, right? You you know, you win some, you lose some. You negotiate, you collaborate, you have the tough discussion, and you come out ahead because you have that foundation. Teach like you just said, like to be able to actually communicate like that is a huge testament to yeah. where you're
1: going
0: with this yeah. relationship
1: anyway. A- yeah, Absolutely. I think they might work. <laughs> and the other thing I want to mention is you can negotiate prenuptial agreements and postnuptial agreements collaboratively, where you each have your own attorney who are agreeing to come at it in a non-adversarial way. You can have a financial professional looking at it. on, you know, As part of your team, you can have a, a mental health professional, who we call a family specialist, looking at it, um, talking to you about the emotional issues and the communication issues. And really, it's a, you know, really take care of emotional, legal, and financial issues of this couple who is trying to start a new life together, not have the marriage they might have had, Mm -hmm. not only their parents' marriage, but their own last marriage. They don't want to repeat that, right? And that's why they're getting so scared and why this prenup is not feeling good to one of them, maybe. You know, they're not approaching it from a more holistic approach, which is going to be much healthier for the marriage if you really want to stay married. Right.
0: Well, I feel like we could, this conversation could continue for quite a long time. So I know we're going to have to pick it up again another time soon, but thank you so much for sharing all of this really important information for the ex-experts community, because this is something for sure everybody needs to hear about, consider and figure out what works best for them. For anyone listening who wants more information or to reach out to you directly, what are the best ways for them to find you?
1: Uh, the best way is on my website, VodkaLaw.com, dot com, and there's lots of materials there on prenups and post-nups, um, so it's a great resource, or you can call my office at 212-768-1115.
0: And we will have all of that information on our ex-expert site as well for anyone listening, and Andre, thank you so much for taking the time to come back to us today. We can't wait to have you back.
1: Thank you so much. Bye thank page. you. Bye
0: Thanks so much for listening to Divorce, Etc. with the X Experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember, there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes, and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website, filled with free resources, at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook. And send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.